Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Answers. This is your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And as always, I am doing my best to bring you the very best as guests that are really exciting people that can share a lot. And before we bring on Julie, and I, I get to tell you about Julie, I want to make just a few announcements. If you got the newsletter, and if you didn't, sign up for it at knowthename.com. But in the newsletter today, you have some opportunities that are at the bottom of it, and it, all the details are there. But one of them is to join Manny's communication networking event. Now, normally it costs $199 to join for two days, three hours each day. And in this event, everybody's allowed to share what they know and what they have. A lot of prizes are won with really big name people like Les Brown and others of his stature. And so how you can get in for free as my guest is right there in the newsletter. And it's worth getting to know the other people that are there. It's worth networking. I have met some incredible people networking in Manny's events. And so he and I spoke. And so this time you guys can get in. That's normally $200 for the two days, three hours each. And you can get in absolutely free. And I have all the information in that newsletter that you received. If you're listening and you're not on my newsletters list, just email me at info at knowthename.com and I'll send you the information. The other thing that I wanted to be able to share with you before I get so engrossed in what Julie's saying that I'll, you know, I want to be able to remember is that I'm hosting the Power Hour. It's a big show for two hours and I'm hosting it again tomorrow because the regular host, Daniel Brigman, had his third child and he's home. And that's all exciting for him. But that means I get to host two hours tomorrow. And I'm normally a guest on their show for an hour every other month. But tomorrow, since I got to pick the guest, I am picking Leon Zonamari. And he does name readings. And people would say, why would I want to promote somebody that's my competition? And, and it's because he's so good at what he does. He does an ancient Hebrew way of interpreting a name totally different than mine. And he looks at mine and he goes, oh, my God, we get the same answers. And yours is so much easier than what I'm doing. And so we're the first hour we're going to be discussing what he's learned about names and the importance of names and his interpretation from the ancient Hebrew, the ancient scholars when they were doing it in the Old Testament. And then the second hour, you can call in and get your name read or get your answers just like you can with me on the first Thursday of every month. So I want to let you know that's the power hour. And again, all that information is in your newsletter. Or you can just go to thepowerhour.com tomorrow. And it is at 12 noon Eastern time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. And it's for two hours. So I wanted to share that. And I also wanted to share that we are starting a new endeavor. And it's going to be called Luminescence. And it's for people who want to gain knowledge about spirituality. And my friends, and you've gotten introduced to plenty of them here on the show, we're all seeing that there is a hunger and a thirst for spiritual knowledge. And a lot of people I know will call me and say, what have you read about this? What do you know about this? And and so we thought we'd like to do a joint venture where we literally share our knowledge of higher order thinking skills about spirituality. And 
Julie, our guest today, is going to be one that's on that show with us. She's given us some great ideas. And this is just going to be a joint venture. So look for more information that's coming out, how you can join us for Luminescence if you would like to grow on your spiritual understandings. It's going to be totally non-religious base. It's going to be totally spirituality. So that's really exciting, and that's coming up. Okay, those are my announcements for today. So my guest is Julie Salen. She is an equine communicator. What that means is she talks to horses. Okay, she's a certified life optimization coach, an intuitive empath and mind-body-soul alignment specialist. She's a motivational speaker, writer, and communicator who helps you move into alignment to be the absolute best you can be. She's created a three-step system from the sacred wisdom of horses combined with spiritual laws that allow you to live 100% authentically on your terms with absolutely no limits. And how often do we place a wall there and give ourselves a limit when we don't have to have one? Anyway, welcome back, Julie. I'm so excited you're joining us. Thank you for having me, Sharon. It's wonderful to talk with you again. So love to talk with you. (laughs) Well, and I'm so excited about having you on, and I know that I got your notes and I savored them um, (laughs) for ideas on luminescence. So we're going to start that so that that takes off in 2021. That's exciting. Exciting. I think it's very exciting. I'm, I'm excited to do that for us because how often people ask questions and there's not necessarily a very positive place or an accessible place for them to get those kind of answers. And I think this is the perfect timing with the world that we live in today, that people are really thirsting for that knowledge, as you said. So I think it's perfect timing. So, yeah, I'm excited and we'll do it as long as people have questions and there's topics to cover. Yay. Sounds wonderful. (laughs) Give us your background for those of you, for those of our listeners that have not heard you before on the show on how you started talking with horses and gaining all that sensitive information and knowledge that you've gotten. Well, I started talking with horses when I was 15 years old. I grew up an empath, so I was able to always feel people's energy. I could walk in a room and I can feel if they're upset. I can feel if they're happy. I can feel their pain even. And I had a horse at the time because we had moved around so much. My father finally said, okay, this time you get a horse because we're going to stay where we are. And he knew I needed some support. I was really in a tough school. And so I spent all my days at the barn and there was uh, someone there who was a man who had a beautiful mare. Um, and one night he, it was raining really, really hard. I was the last person at the barn. He brought her in and he took off her gear and he left. He didn't brush her or anything. And this was common for him. He was very cruel. He would uh, beat her quite a bit, unfortunately. Um, and my back was turned to her and all of a sudden I heard, help me. And I turned around and there was no one there. I was the only human there. And I thought, gee, that's kind of weird. I wonder if I made that up in my head. That's kind of strange. And so I turned back to my horse and I heard, help me. I really need some help. And I turned and it was her. And I walked over to her stall and she was wet and she was bleeding around. I'll call it her ankles for people who don't know equines. And he'd taken her through a barbed wire fence and he left. She was wet. She was bleeding and she needed help. She needed a vet. So I ran up to the owner's house because they lived on the premises and they got a vet and we patched her up. But it was the first time that I actually heard words from an animal in my mind. And she, you know, was able to now I'm able to place pictures and information. I get kind of just like a real video. I I talk to them like I talk to you, Sharon. (laughs) Yeah, I, I get that. 
<laughs> dogs and cats too. Um, but horses are different because they are such large animals. They carry so much energy and they're just the master healers. They're just very, very uh, loving and helpful to really all humans. And I think especially women, uh, more women ride than men, obviously. It's kind of across the board. And I think that's because a lot of them are intuitive and they need support. Well, you know what I think is interesting is that my husband uh, grew up with a horse. He had his own horse. That's how he got to and from the farm where they lived on to school. He would ride his horse and jump fences on the way and then get to ride his horse back home at the end of the day. And And he said that the worst thing, he used to say it all the time, the worst thing you can do with a horse is to ride them hard and put them away wet. Yes, 100%. That is the worst thing you can do. And this man did it all the time. It it stopped after that because I had had enough and I kind of spoke my mind. And then the, you know, the owners of the place, they kind of said, this is, this is not going to happen anymore because, you know, she would get very ill and it's just, it's horrible treatment. You can't do that. It's not, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Well, there were certain times when when my husband would come home from work and he'd say, boy, I feel like I got road hard today and I'm being put away wet. (laughs) That was his his statement, you know, because he had so told about his own horse growing up. And then it was like, oh, man, to to convey what kind of a day he'd had. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So they are lovely animals, though. They really are. And and when you are. Um, talking with a horse, how do they respond to you? They reach for me. So when I walk down the aisle, they will talk to me. Some, I, I look at them as humans. So in other words, when you see a human, you see usually a, a humans are all different. They all speak differently. They all have different bodies and different types of the way they talk. It's the same way um, with horses. And it's wonderful because I, I mean, they just, they reach for me. And at, t- at times they really need me to help them and lay my hands on them and they need healing. And sometimes they just are like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Or can you tell my owner something? And I'm like, sure. Um, and that's where it gets interesting, um, which we can talk about if you want to. But I try to give the messages as much as I can because the owners a lot of times don't understand what their horses are saying to them. And a lot of times it's a cry for help. You know, they get uncomfortable, let's just say, with a saddle, and they just need something changed, and then their world will be perfect. And the human just doesn't understand what the horse is trying to communicate. Well, and I, I've always thought that they don't complain much. They're not whining animals. <laughs> they're not. They're not at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. I mean, um, they just basically tell me what they need, and then that's what I do. I just try to help them as much as I can. Yeah, which is really wonderful that you're able to do that. You know, are there certain animals that that when you're thinking of them that they usually whine or complain versus animals that are are generally pretty good sports and just kind of deal with stuff? Yeah, they're all different. In other words, I took um I took somebody to I took my client to the barn today to meet my horse for the first time, and she's an intuitive as well, and she said she noticed right away that my horse was with another horse. My horse was much calmer. The other horse was much more a little uppity. My horse was very accepting um, of her, and her energy was very good. Um, so it depends on, on you know, their energy, the person's energy. Every horse, some horses, think of it as a dog, Sharon. Some are sensitive, and some are not. Some are like, hey, how are you to everybody? And then some are like, oh, I don't want to talk to you until I know you. I'm not really sure about you yet. That's how they are. <laughs> oh, oh, that's kind of cool. 
was going to say, I love dogs. Do we all gravitate toward one particular kind of animal? I mean, I live on a little over an acre in the middle of the forest. And so there's just a ton of squirrels and they're all busy at this time getting all the acorns. And of course, I have to blow the driveway on a daily basis right now because all the leaves are dropping and the acorns and the whatnot. But I have fox and I have deer besides the squirrels and I have hedgehogs and I have groundhogs and I have just a ton of birds and and I have hawks. And I mean, it's interesting, like the fox will show himself and look at me and then go disappear in the brush or the behind the trees or the whatnot. Um, The deer, I can tell you exactly in my yard where they sleep because they have slept in the same spot so often they've made dents in the the ground. Yes. Yes. And it's so fascinating to me. I can go to the window at any time and watch. And there's all this movement going out. My only concern is that occasionally uh, the birds like to line up on the, I'm breaking my own sentence here. The birds like to line up on the line that comes into the house near where I work. That's the, the internet line. And they like to line up and come say hello. But every once in a while, a bird will come really fast and fly in and go boom on the window. And mm-hmm. I can hear it then drop. And I always go, oh, you know, and I don't know if that bird's trying to get closer or that bird just didn't see the window or, you know, or, yeah, or yeah. what the deal is. But it, it makes me think that, you know, that they're so important. And the first thing when I see an animal is I always convey you are safe with me. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that's what they want. And they want you to see them as separate individuals. And so if you can at least do that, that's the first starting place to having a conversation with them. And then the second part is, as you said, you are safe with me. And then that really opens the door because now they know that you see them for an individual and then that you're safe. They're safe with you. That means the world to them. Because most humans don't see them at all, number one. And if they do, they don't see them as singular animals, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, I know that there was a, I was out blowing uh, yesterday and there was this tiny little like baby squirrel and he was on top of a stoop of a tree and he was eating away. And he (laughs) looked at me like I was far enough away and he looked at me and it was like, I don't want to leave my food. You know, I'm comfortable (laughs) here. You can just tell. And I immediately said, you're safe. I won't bother you. Enjoy your food. And he, I got fairly close because I'm blowing leaves or whatever, but he didn't move the whole time. He just sat there and ate and I thought, good for you. Good for her. Good for him or her. Yes. Good. And they read your body language too, just like horses do. They don't speak our language. They know some words because they are super smart. They have the brain of a nine-year-old. So they know words. Like when I say over, my horse moves over. But they, and they also can take pictures. If I put a picture in my mind and I give it to my horse or vice versa, he'll, he'll give me a picture. They can pick that up too. But as long as your body language, like with the squirrel, they understand it. They get it. It's a universal language. You're safe and you're okay. I'm not going to hurt you. You go do your thing. Go ahead and finish your food. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I always think, isn't that fun? And there's a hawk that every time I go out and really start pulling weeds and, you know, cleaning up the brush or whatnot, there's this hawk that comes and sits on the apex of the roof of the house. And I looked at him one time and I said, I don't know why you're here, but I noticed that you always show up, you know? And it was about the third or fourth time that I got the feeling I'm showing up because you make a disturbance and all the little critters go running. 
Ah. <laughs> You're saving me work. <laughs> so smart. My hawks are my totem, so I completely understand, and they're very, very smart. So, yes, that's probably exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I feel so fortunate to live with animals. I grew up with a Great Dane and tortoises and fish and cats and you name it, because between the five of us kids, there was a lot of different animals around. Uh, my favorite was the Great Dane. And I'd put him in the back of the car when I would go driving because mm. I like to run the pier at night. And my parents didn't think it was necessarily safe. But if I had this Great Dane that was three feet to the top of his back and four feet to the top of his head, they thought I'd be okay. Yes. What I realized was is that everybody left me alone. But when I had the dog with me, everybody would come over. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. They all wanted to see the gorgeous dog. But I would let him loose at the beginning of the pier because he would run so much faster than me. And it yes. was exactly a mile down to the end of the pier. And he would run down to the end, back to me, down to the end, back to me, down to the end, back to me a bunch of times. And then when I got to the end, he would gate along with me as I ran back because to him, it was barely a, more than a walking pace. <laughs> I was run back, but I never had him on a leash on the pier because he was so good. Yes. And I did it every night and everybody down there just after a while went, you know, there's this girl that comes down with her Dane every night, you know? Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. He would hang 10 out the window and, but his head was so big, he would block my rearview mirror. Oh my goodness. And yes. And sometimes I'd say, think I really need that mirror. And I, <laughs> his name was Thor and how he go Thor head in. And he would immediately pull his head in and put it on my right shoulder over the seat. And then I had the mirror and when I didn't need it anymore, I'd go, okay. And all I say, okay, man, that head was right back out hanging 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so always knowing how to do that. And I thought, we don't give our animals enough credit for how smart they are. We don't. And you know, you know, Sharon, just, just you saying that so many people I have, you know, I had a dog, he passed away last year. I've always had animals cause I don't have any kids and they are my family and I've got two cats now and the horse and you know, they see you at your worst and your best. They see everything you do at your house. So you can't mask anything with them, with the ones that you live with, but they still always try to help with your energy. So even if you're having a bad day, they try no matter how big or small their bodies are to help with your energy and to help give you a break. So just know that the animals that live with you really do care for you and are always looking out for you because they do love humans and they do see you at your worst and they still love us no matter what. See, I call that unconditional acceptance. Yes. I, I'm not sure humans are capable of unconditional love, but we're very capable of unconditional acceptance. Yes. Yes. And that's why we love them so much because they accept us as we are, without trying to change us. And even though we have lots and lots of faults and we make lots of mistakes, <laughs> I always say to my horse, you know, but I make a lot of mistakes. And he's like, yeah, I know, but it's okay. And they just <laughs> let it go. You know, they just, they just let it go. I mean, they remember things, but they always give you a clean slate with horses. And that's the beautiful thing about them. And I think, you know, dogs and cats are the same. They don't hold it against you. Well, what's really nice is when the animals don't judge us, because judgment literally stops all love. You can't love and judge at the same time. They they don't happen. That's right. That's right. Because when you're judging, you're definitely not in a loving state. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that definitely doesn't happen. Okay, for everybody who has pets or just wants Julie to look at you, because she can do people too. You know, we're just a different form of an animal, right? Yes. <laughs> just on the food chain. Yes. And so um, you can call in at 888-627-6008. Again, it's 888-627-6008. So, Elena, bless your heart. You called in right at the beginning. You've been patiently waiting. Elena, um, if Don can put you through, that'd be great. I hope you're still there because I know I've had John hold for quite a while. Oh me? Oh I I'm oh, I I didn't wait at all. I'm just so grateful to have this wonderful opportunity to talk with both of these beautiful souls of great light. And I'm very grateful for your help. I just want to make sure I'm doing everything right for my cat that I call Remy, R E M I. R R E M I or R U M I? R E M I. E R Okay. R E M I. Okay. And how old is your cat? About three years, he he wandered up um, in a uh, to my landlord's place, and um, he's been a great light to me. He's a tuxedo cat, and I just want to make sure I'm giving him the best care, and he's very happy with me. If there's anything else I can do to help him, but that's my only question because I'll go so cute. Other people have other questions. <laughs> Thank you. Your cat, your cat really loves you, but your cat's very independent. Is that right? Well, yes, he doesn't tell me at all where he goes, and I always tell him where I go, and I just don't quite know. He's, it, it just, um, I just, I wish he would tell me where he's going sometimes, and, and um, yes, he is very independent. He's very right. independent, and saying that uh wants to do things on his own because that's what he's used to and that's what he likes to do but he always comes back so he says not to worry because everything's okay he knows his way around he knows the land he knows what he's doing um so this is kind of a um it's a young cat in our age world but in the mind a very old soul so in other words this is one of those i know what i'm doing don't worry i'll be back i still love you and I know that you have my back because I know that you have protected me and helped me when I really needed the help. Um, but this cat seems to be one of those who really seems to want to be in and out and wants that. In other words, if you took away the independence, Elena, it, it would be uh, devastating for this cat. So you have to just go with the flow as you've been doing. Just go with the flow and just continue to to do what you're doing and just let let him know that you're there, and that's all he needs, and he'll always find his way back. He says not to worry. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you absolutely. so much. Bye-bye. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing. I think that with my lifestyle, that I don't have a dog or a pet right now, um, and yet I have all these animals around me, so I think I'm fulfilled. What, have you noticed a difference, Julie, between dog owners and cat owners and the personalities of the people that prefer cats over dogs or vice versa oh yes yes and i've always had both right i'm i am literally a 50 percenter like i know some people are like i'm a dog person i'm a cat person so cat people are um let me say how to say this cat people are I think a bit more patient and I'll tell you why, because cats are very independent. Even my two cats have are mine are all rescues. They came from very bad situations, even though they were very small. So when we rescue them, so they never go outside, even though we have a lanai, they never go outside the house. They're in the lanai or in the house. Right. Um, but they, 
cats are very independent and they want to do what they want to do when they want to do it. So in other words, I can call the cat and the cat can look at me like, um, I'm not listening to you because I'm not interested right now. And I'll let you know when I am. So you have to be patient. And I think that those people are a little bit more, um, they go with the flow because cats kind of dictate how it's going to be. And they kind of run the roost. Dog people, on the other hand, are usually more of the I'm in charge and the dog's my best friend because dogs always want to do what the owners, almost always want to do what the owner wants to do. They never really say no. At least in my experience, mine never said no to me. If I wanted to go outside, let's go. If you want to go for a walk or, you know, when you when you call them, they come. Cats, not so much. Does that make sense? <laughs> do any cats come when you call them? Well, you know what? Yes. My husband, I'm telling you, Sharon, it's a male-female thing because... So my cat has, I've got one cat who's 25 years old and he is my guardian and he's been with me for this long, 25 years. And he comes for me, but he ignores my husband. Now, on the other hand, the female halo, when my husband calls, she comes out of nowhere. She lays down, you know, paws everywhere. For me, she looks at me like I'm like, uh, I'm not even here. Like I'm non-existent. So I, I, they do for the right person when they want to, but he can call her and she does come. <laughs> I think that's amazing because I just look at it um, and, I, and I go, I think cats don't come when you call them, but dogs do- normally do. But I could be wrong. Yeah, we had our other one, but um, our other one, Sunshine, she would come. My husband used to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. He'd whistle it and she'd come anytime he sang it and he'd do it every night and she'd come for him. And again, for me, you know, she loved me, but... It was just something about when he called, she'd come, and it was beautiful. Maybe, maybe she liked the tone. Maybe she yeah. liked to be sung to. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what, Sharon? Horses love music. Did you know that? No. Huh. Yes, that's why so many barns have music on all the time, because horses love music. Love it. Are they picky? Do they like like not like rap or like Beethoven better, or does it matter what kind of music? They like country a lot. They like, uh, and I sing to my horse all the time and it calms him down. Um, they they don't like things that are hard. Like they don't like a lot of banging, like rap and, you know, hardcore metal and stuff like that. They like something smooth, but they love music. Love it. That is so cool. Julie, thank you for your patience. Julie from Sacramento, you are on air. What question could, would you like to ask Julie? Hello. I love this. Julie gets um, to ask I'm Julie. I'm calling to ask about my cat, Rusty, and I'm wondering if he's ready to pass on. Hi, Julie. How are you? Nice name. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Nice <laughs> name. That's right. I think it's a great name, but I, and I'm from a non-prejudicial point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sharon. Hi, Julie. Can you give me a little bit of insight as to what he looks like? <clears throat> Rusty is a, an orange and cream, long-haired boy. He's always been a, a big boy, around 17 pounds, long body, yep. short legs, big tail, yep. um, blue eyes. So right now, Rusty is holding on for you, um, but I don't want you to take that in a bad way. That's in a good way because he's not ready to let go. Oh. So, so he's... Okay. He, I made an appointment for tomorrow, but I can wait. He's I, not eating, and he just he does that perching thing where he's not resting; he's just crouching all day, mostly yep. where I can't see him. Yep. So he's 
he's got a lot of energy that's stuck. Um, I would wait until you can get someone to un- to help see if we can move some energy around for him before you do the take him in because I'm I'm getting that he's not ready yet. I'm getting that he's stuck with some energy that he needs to be released and then he'll feel a lot better. Um, and it, it's not because it's just this happens as they get older. They have they they hold things like we do. We hold energy in our knees and our elbows they do the same thing they hold energy in different spots at different times and sometimes they just get stuck so i would not say that i i'm getting a no i'm just going to tell you i'm getting a no i'm not ready yet i need a little more time so if you can get him unstuck that would be good i'm the the phone fumbled about the time you said exactly what to do though so i missed that what what do i need to do for him then because you need to you need so miserable I'm sorry, what? He's what? He's not eating. He's not eating because he's stuck. His energy is stuck. I can feel it. He's stuck in his stomach and his um, whole body's like crunched up, like he's protecting himself. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So, so he's he's got stuck energy in his stomach area that needs to be released because if we can release that energy, then he will be much better off. So you need to get somebody like myself or somebody, I have another colleague that this is what, she does this a lot with cats that are in um, late stages and she is uh, amazing. But both of us can help you, but um, there's energy stuck there and I would say that that's what needs to happen first before you do anything else. Because if you can get that unstuck, then everything else will flow. Right now he's just protecting himself because he can't really move because he's just so so locked up. He's locked up. Okay. So Julie, yes. do you want him to notify you um on the website? On your yeah. website? Yeah. So- or just you know just um can she can she just email me or she can yep. text Tell me, whichever. Tell just email how. just just send me an email or just call, just um, send me an email. It's J-S-A-I-L-L-A-N-T as in Tom, and then the number five at Outlook.com, J-S-A-I-L-L-A-N-T five at Outlook.com, and message me tonight, and then I'll message you back. I know your name, Julie from Sacramento. And I will get right back to you, and then we'll see if we can't get your um, get get your cat unstuck because your cat's really got a lot of energy that's stuck. That's the problem. Okay. Okay. Well, so okay. so Julie, while you're still on the line, okay. Yeah. So while I still have both Julies, I should say, yeah. um, I have a question. Can an animal get stuck because they're not holding their own energy or something that they're not moving? but something that they're attempting to help their owner with and they're taking on their owner's energy. Yes, 100%. And that's probably what's happened here. 100%. Yes. Okay, well, that's what I was feeling. And that's why I thought, oh, no, no, stay, stay. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's 100% is that the cats take on other energy that sometimes the humans cannot handle or don't want to handle. And the cats do it because they're unconditionally so accepting and loving. And 
you know, as a human, Julie, you, you shouldn't feel bad. This happens. It happens all the time. And most of the time they can just get rid of it. It could have been something else, but I'm feeling that it's, it's something, you know, a lot of times it's from just an energy in the house. It's, it's something that could have happened a while ago. It's just, they pick up things to help the human. And in this case, that's what I'm feeling happened. But it's in a, in a way that's good because we can release it just as fast as they picked it up. We can do some energy healing and release it because energy and, is everywhere. It doesn't matter where you live. And Julie from Sacramento, I got a feeling that you took on some energy that's not yours from somebody that you really care about. And then the cat said, you know, let me help you because this really isn't yours and it's not going to do you any good. So let me see what I can do with it. Yep. That's what I'm getting to, Sharon. Okay. okay. <clears throat> well, thank you. Does both. that make sense, um, Julie? Does that make sense? It. Yes. I. I don't. I don't have any big. Um, nothing attaches to it, but it makes sense. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't quite get it from my That's personal okay. life yet, but I understand what you're saying, and I'll try okay. and look around well, for that. But I'll appreciate yeah. the help when I email you. Yeah, yeah. Really, I'm not handling it. Whatever I'm not doing, it's not working. So, yeah, but, but now you're going to take care of it. So, sad, he's so unhappy, huh? Yeah, you're going to take care of it. So, pat yourself on the back. You're you're getting the help that you require that you can't require. So, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. I was excited when I saw that that uh, Julie was going to be with you this week. I'm like, oh, I can yeah. wait till after Thursday and make sure. So, I'm yeah. glad to know he doesn't want to go before I took him. That's good. Not yet. I'm glad you called in. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's what I'm hearing strongly. Not yet. Not yet. So let's okay. not do that yet. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, only so 16. Still got... I was a little surprised. But... Well, yeah, so cool. you got more well, time with you. Rusty. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, Julie. For other people, but... Thank but... you, Julie. Okay. Thank you, Julie. To... Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Tomisa, it is your turn. Tomisa from Arizona. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Answers. Do you have Hi, a question, can you Julie? Me? Yeah, we sure can. Yeah, sure. Great. I, I don't have an animal. I'm calling about this animal, moi. And uh, <laughs> just thought I'd ask a question about spirit animals. Are we chosen? Do we choose them? And how would, I don't know, do you see that in people, what their spirit animal is? Great question. I do see them. So your spirit animal chooses you. You do not choose your spirit animal. So um, your spirit animal would be an animal that, you know, they can be domestic. Like mine, I have a hawk, but I also have other animals as well. I have bear energy as well. I have wolf energy as well. Um, But typically they will come to you um, if you meditate and ask them to come forward. And they also have names. Once you get to know the animal, you can ask them their name. They have specific names, which you cannot assign to them. They have their own names. Um, your animal depends a lot on where you are in your life and what you're transitioning through. And that's why you can have a couple of them. But the highest totem that I have is a hawk because I usually see from their perspective. I don't see in a, a lower human perspective. So for you, I, I'm just feeling like you're getting, I got a couple different things for you because I have, man, I have something that's like telling me a deer, but then there's another that's telling me that you need a little bit of wolf too. I've got a couple different things coming through for me. Hold on a second. This is such a great question, Tomisa. Thank you. Why am I getting Jaguar? 
Why am I getting Jaguar <laughs> for you? Does that make sense to you? It does. I'm getting Jaguar for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting. Jaguar for you. Um, so Jaguars are elusive, like to be behind the scenes, but are always appreciated. Um, the trouble with Jaguars is they're solitary animals. So when they need their mate and they go to find their mate, they can have trouble because they're so elusive and they like to be alone. They need their alone time, but that doesn't mean that they always want to be alone, but I'm getting Jaguar for you strongly. Does that, if that makes sense for you. Now I have a question on Tomisa's behalf. Does it matter that a Jaguar is a meat eater? No, Mm -mm. nope, not at all. So where, where that felt, um, why I kind of snickered was because I've always felt aligned with cheetah and not knowing why, but I believe all that panther, jaguar, cheetah, all of that is maybe in the same family. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't feel like I'm a loner, and I do like to be up in front and center, but <laughs> but maybe not today. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a lot of strength but, in jaguars, even though they mm-hmm. are they are a lot of times elusive. So, in other mm-hmm. words, the jaguar is going to come to you with the attributes that you need most right now. So, if you feel okay. like you're good front and center, that's awesome. But jaguars also need a lot of alone time. So, that would mean that jaguar would ask you to balance a little bit more okay. because mm-hmm. if you're out too much and about and not telling and not saying to go back to the darkness just saying that if you're out front and center all the time the jaguar would ask mm-hmm. you just remember to be balanced and spend a little bit of alone time so that you can have more harmony that's what the jaguar is always asking for and is always searching for is that harmony and that balance mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. where you're, that makes, you might yep. be a little off in your balance is what they're that's just what but- i'm feeling from the jaguar energy that is, uh, you're right on there. That's very accurate. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank whenever you your that. totem comes to you, it's think about not the all, think about all the characteristics and think about, okay, well, where, where do I need support from this animal at, attribute wise? That's why they come to you. So it's not just mm-hmm. about, you know, it's just about harmony. That's what I'm feeling. But Jaguar, I got really strongly for you. Okay. I've okay. got a question well, on Tamisa's behalf. Hold on, Tamisa. Okay. Since you said, Julie, that there can be more than one animal around, by any chance, do you see a giraffe anywhere near Tremisa? No. Okay. Not at all. I just think that's important to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I do not, does that make sense? I don't. I don't see a gir- I don't see that at all for her. For some reason, I see that's just not. Um, that could be something that could come up later. But I'm not getting that right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, ladies. Yes. Very thank much. you. Yeah, thank, a- thank you for calling in, Tamisa. <laughs> thank okay. you. Thank you. Pauline, your timing is perfect. Welcome to thank Know you. the Name, Know the Answers. How you doing? Wow, I just couldn't believe it. I'm I'm halfway. I didn't even hear the first part of the show, but I heard <sighs> what you were talking about, and I wanted to. Get, I'm assuming you're giving. Animal readings, animal spirit animal readings or something Yes, like and I'm so glad you called in. We know that you love animals. So what's your question for well, Julie? Well, I'm supposed to be connecting with animals. I was afraid of many animals, especially dogs and cats, but I'm trying to get over those things. But <laughs> I'm feeling connecting to animals, but usually strange animals, not normal animals on the planet. Animals kind of like 
fantastical animals, mythic animals. Yeah, I don't know if you get those, but I don't. Well, absolutely. I have two dragons of my own, so absolutely. I'm totally connected to all that. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Wow, great. Yep, yep. Whatever yep. you get. <laughs> yep, yep. I have two dragons. I shouldn't say of my own because they're very independent of each other, So, and they, they would hate that, so I apologize to you guys, ladies and gals. But, um, yep, I have two dragons that I travel with on the regular basis. So are you? do you have any animals like that that you're connected to right now? Well, I worked with somebody who we sort of, like, nursed the eggs for a while, and um, but uh, they leave, like you said. I, we supposedly are supposed to help train them. I don't even know if I did do it, but that's what I was told I was doing. So I'm just, like, wondering what animals are connected to me at this point. Probably they're coming in and out, right, the spirit animals? They come in and out. Um, hold on a second. Let me think for a minute. I'm a Sag, by the way, and I always feel fascinated by horses, but I've never ridden one, always wanted to. I'm hoping that I can. You, you've got to get around a horse. Actually, uh, the horse is coming through very strong for you right now in the earthly realm. You need to be around a horse because these horses will heal you and help you in many, many ways. Um, you were tapped to help baby dragons to grow and start their journey. Um, but you're not quite ready for your dragon to appear yet. So what I do, I have dragon activation classes. I My dragons help other people's dragons appear to them. But dragons only appear when the person's ready because they're very, they're different. They're um, very wise. They're ancient. And they, um, you have to talk to them in a certain way and um, be very respectful as if they were elders. But for you, so horses would be extremely helpful for you in terms of um, bringing your gifts out and giving you more balance and more joy and happiness and laughter. And that deep breathing that they do when they just breathe in and then they breathe out, that would really you be helpful for them. you. become one with them? Is that what happens? You sort of yeah. become one with the horse? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, just being near them. Are they also grounding? Because I think I use grounding as well. Yes, very, very grounding because their bodies are so big. They do they do more than so many other creatures just because of their size, their sheer size, more than a dog and a cat because they can hold so much more energy in an energy field for you. So I would definitely suggest trying to get to a horse if you could. Um, a local place that you could just, you know, just go and be with them and touch them and maybe groom them a little bit. You don't necessarily have to ride them, but just be in their energy so that they can help give you some information and some love and some joy and support. Sounds great. Yeah. Can I ask you one I, other and, question about the dragon? Sure. Did you ever connect with Kuan Yin when you work with the dragons? Because I was told if I wanted to connect the drag to work with dragons, that Kuan Yin would help. And she rides a dragon all the time. Never connected with Kuan Yin. My dragons just appear to me and help me with all my work. They do all the heavy lifting for me. A lot of my clients, when I start working with them, their dragons appear. um, And they're very, very, um, they just come right out. They're like, here I am. I'm ready to help. Um, I have not connected with anyone else in terms of like a Kuan Yin, but everyone's different so that could be your path you just never know that's my so heritage be open. so that's probably it <laughs> be open to it yeah be open to it for sure if you've already had experience okay. with baby dragons more will come 
Okay, great. Uh, pa- Pauline, is there a place around where you live where you can go uh, rent? Not, I an mean, hour I'm or living so? in the city of New York. I mean, there is some place they used to be, but I don't know if it's still around. In like, I'm in Queens. Forest Hills used to have a stable, or maybe just volunteering. I guess I really can't afford to pay for lessons like that. But like you said, you know, cleaning up after them, being around them, maybe just. Well, sometimes you can go out with somebody who owns a stable and just say, I would just like to have an hour ride. You don't have to take lessons. You just they just help you with a very mild horse or a very, you know, easy temperamental, you know, horse that just is really laid back. And, you know, they give you a trail ride. I'll figure a way. (laughs) Yeah. My guys will have to help me. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll let somebody else talk to you. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Pauline. So, so it, is it better to go and take a trail ride if you want to get around a horse for the first time, or to go in and and learn how to groom one? I just think learning how to groom one takes longer. You know, if you just want to have your first experience, what do you think? Um, it's you know you can do either or. If you just want to be around them and grab their energy and get grounded, then you can just groom them. But you know, riding them is a little bit different because remember, if you're going to go outside and go riding, um, they're going to be focused on riding versus doing energy work with you because they're just like us. It's like, if that's their job, they're going to be focused on their job. So I, from, from my experience, like I just brought my horse out. I didn't let her ride or anything. We were just in the ring and just, she was just, you know, talking to him and putting her hands on him and, you know, they can groom and stuff like that. Because if I was doing my job then and she was on him, then that would be a different story. He'd be focused more on his job. So it just depends on what you're looking for. If you really want the ride or do you really want the energy experience? You can have both because I guess you will be grooming before and after you ride, but it just be a shorter time period. That's all. Okay. So we talked about a personality of somebody who liked cats over dogs or dogs over cats. What about the personality of the people that are drawn to horses? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Personality of most of horse lovers are mostly women, 98%, 99% are women. A lot of them are very intuitive. Um, Many are very, they feel um, sometimes alone, like they need support or that not a lot of people understand them. There's two different types of people that I found in like 25 years of owning horses. It's one, that person, which was like how I was a little bit more introverted. And then the other person is, I'm going to show I want to ride very aggressive. I'm going to go for it, that type of person. And I'm and they're one with their horses as well in a totally different way. So there's lots of horses for different types of people. But 98%, 99% of the time, it's mostly for women. And they're just so supportive and loving. Because you can be an aggressive rider who really wants to show. And I used to do that too. But it doesn't mean I love my horse any less. And they still treat them wonderfully. They still take care of them. And they still are very concerned for their welfare. So it's all good. Okay, all good. Tia, thank you for calling in to Know the Name, Know the Answers. Tia from Michigan. Tia, welcome to the show, and what question do you have for Julie? Hi, I'm just wondering if there's any any messages from Spirit for me. Hi, Tia, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Can you give me a little bit as to an idea, or do you just Um, want me to give you what I got? What What do you... Whatever comes up, I keep thinking there's something from my father in spirit, but if he doesn't come through, that's okay. So whatever you can, whatever, whoever comes through. 
Okay. So, so I'm so and I I'm getting that Tia needs support. Tia needs. Um, I see you crying a lot. I see you alone. I see you that people don't understand. You feel alone. I see you crying a lot. I see you up at night. Um, I'm getting that you need something to love. Does that make sense to you? Um, I, I do talk with animals that have crossed. I do talk with people that have crossed. This is a really quick hit, but what I'm seeing is that you need someone or something that loves you back, that you are just kind of the way the picture I'm getting is you're kind of hanging on by a thread. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Would an animal fulfill that need? An animal would help you a lot. Do you have any animals? Yes, I do. And yes, she does help me tremendously. Okay. Is that enough for her or does she need another animal? She needs something else or she needs to find her totem animal and she, but she needs something in this realm, something more in this realm. Is is not going to be enough spiritually. It, you need something more in this realm is what I'm getting. Because you yeah. have a big void around you that used to be filled. And it's not, it's, it's a void now. And you need something else to be filled in there because it's, it's becoming destructive in terms of your harmony, your balance, your happiness, you, the joy, and you're getting some support. But if I saw it in terms of a battery, you're only getting about 20% support. And it doesn't mean that, that those around you are not doing their job. It's just that that's all you have right now. And you don't, you're not able to give anything yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So, Tia, Absolutely. I have a question for you. Have you ever thought of becoming a hospice worker? Um, I work in um, social work. Um, I work at a, a rescue mission, in which I totally, you know, is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing, I believe, is helping others. Um, as far as a hospice, I've not, I've not considered that, but I'm, you know, open to options. I don't. I, I was going to say, I'm getting that energy. I'm getting that energy all around you and thinking that that might feel that need that Julie's pointing out to you because you get close with them and you're of service and you get close sometimes with the family members also, but also the people that work in the hospice. And it gives you such a feeling of worth or purpose and and gratitude and and love because people that are going through that dying process are often greeted by, you know, spirits on the other side, and they start radiating that love. And so I would recommend thinking about or possibly taking action to become a hospice worker and seeing how you like that. Okay. Okay, since you already have a pet? Yeah, I have three, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you don't need another one. So, and that's why you're getting another one. So that's when I started looking. I thought, what what could serve that? So that would be my recommendation. Okay? All right. Let us know how you're doing, Tia. Call in again. Thank you, Tia. Good luck. Thank you. I will do. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, so let's go over again how people can reach you, Julie. You said from your, they can email you at J for Julie, and your last name is spelled S like Sam, A I. A double L 
A-N-T. And I think it's so remarkable that you have ant at the end of your name when you're talking to animals. (laughs) And then the number five at Outlook.com. Again, that's J-S-A-I-L-L and then ant, (laughs) A-N-T, number five at Outlook.com. And then your website is also your name. So it's the same thing. It's just Julie spelled out. And then your last name, uh, Salant, S-A-I-L-L-A-N-T at uh, dot com. Correct? Correct. Correct. All right. So, guys, you want to know about your pets. You want to know about the health. You want energy work done with them to help them. Julie is a perfect one to call. She's just fabulous with animals. Julie, thank you so much for taking your time to join us again today. Thank you for having me, Sharon. It's always amazing and wonderful to talk to you. And by the way, everyone, I just want you to know that how wonderful Sharon is. And I'm not just saying oh. that because she's a friend, but because also she's giving me readings for myself and for others. And she is bang on 100%. She's amazing. So t- I'm just saying, you know, if you need your name read, boy, oh boy, she's the gal to go to. She's amazing. She's phenomenal. Well, thank you, Julie. This is a mutual admiration society here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sharon. uh, Julie will be joining us again on Luminescence. I am so excited about the idea that we've all been putting together to do that for you all. Uh, That will be coming up. Uh, News will be in the newsletter. Next week, we're doing something quite different for this show. So my guest is Gary Rowan. He's a very prolific author. He helps other authors get out there. Uh, Many of you might be willing to write a book or wanting to write a book or how do I get my book out there or how do I write love poems to the people I love and and what good is it, you know, or is there a method and, and does it impact them? And what if I wanted to write a story about science fiction? So Gary is known for his lovely love poems and all of that work. And he's also known for science fiction and his books on science fiction. So he wrote an incredible book all about what men need when they're going through the death experience of loved ones, because he said that he's watched on different funerals, how everybody's concerned with the woman and the women in the family. And the men sometimes are left out and how to help a man process grief when the man loses somebody that they love. So that's the book I'm going to mainly focus on, but I wanted you to know that he writes the others. And so we've got this incredibly sensitive um, man coming on, Gary Rowan, an author. Next week when you call, I want to remind you that I will be on tomorrow from 12 o'clock Eastern time, which is 9 o'clock Pacific time, as a guest host on The Power Hour. If you want to listen to that, all you have to do is Google The Power Hour, And it'll give you a call-in number or any of the stations in the multiple states that it's heard on. And you can hear me interview what people would think is my competitor. But I love to support people whose work is fabulous. And so Leon Zonamari will be on with me. We'll be talking about names. And the second hour, you can call in and get your name read. So thank you again for listening to Know the Name, Know the Answers. This is your host, Sharon Lynn Wyatt, signing off.